Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. My name is Kaveh. <laughs> I hope I'm saying that correctly. I'm here with uh, two of my favorite uh, internet peoples to talk about some pretty awful stuff. We're going to talk about that leaked draft of the majority opinion written by Justice Samuel Alito from the Supreme Court. And to join me today to discuss this and to help me sort of process it and scream into the void with me i got two uh people we got dr steven sample er doctor from indiana dr sample what up can i call you uh steven you can call me steve thanks bud um real real quick question um it is s-t-e-p-h-e-n right that's correct so why is it sometimes Stefan and sometimes Steven? Beats the hell to me. You know, um, when I graduated uh, college, we did like we had an honors convocation and then we had uh, I won some award for big nerd biology student of the year. And then we walked and every single time the people clearly didn't know me because they were reading and they read me as Stephanie uh, every time. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, to me, it's Stephen. That's the only way to spell it. Steve. Mm-hmm. is a nickname for Steven. S-T-E-V-E-N is clearly incorrect because that is a lengthening of a nickname. Mm-hmm. Uh, that goes All back. right. Okay, I've already uh, lost interest in this. Yeah, no worries. Um, I've lost interest too. More important than you, and I do love you to bits, is yeah. Miranda Yaver, political science professor from Oberlin College. Miranda, thank you for coming back as well. Thanks so much for having me back. I needed you two for this emergency podcast. I needed Miranda for her knowledge. I needed Stephen for his opinion and uh, <laughs> support. Emotional. I'm just support. here to scream, drink, and um, react, kind of as a as a girl dad in a blue dot, kind of smack dab in the middle of a red state. So he's my emotional support Hoosier, and I appreciate <laughs> that's it. right. Okay, so we're we're both blue dots and red states. Then. Yes, <laughs> that's true. And I'm sort of, I guess, uh, you know, blue and a blue. I'm a reform. I am a reformed red dot who is now yeah. a blue dot. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's a good story. Um, so we have this leaked report by Politico. 
that shows the Supreme Court is planning or at least seriously considering overruling the landmark decisions that have protected women's rights to abortions, including Roe v. Wade, which is back in 1973. Looks like Justice Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy, and Amy Coney Barrett have all joined Alito in this. I got a lot of questions, but let's let's first start with the actual wording of this document. Miranda, you have read this, right? You read Alito's report? Yes, I okay. had the misfortune of, uh, of reading the entire thing, um, you know, part, partly last night and the rest of it this morning and taught it in my constitutional law class today. Okay, I guess highlights is not the right word, but what are the striking salient points from it that, that you, you took away? So one of the issues is that he really uh, pushes back on the notion that abortion is an issue that is deeply rooted in our nation's history and tradition. Now, this is this is language that we have seen echoed um, also in uh, cases involving um, anti-sodomy laws. So um, Justice Scalia, in his dissenting opinion in Lawrence v. Texas, talked about how homosexual sodomy was not something that was deeply rooted in our nation's history and tradition. We can also think about a lot of bad things that are rooted in our nation's history and tradition. So, um, you know, such as, you know, racism, slavery, and, you know, you name it. Um, so, so this is, this is language that was, um, I think, um, you know, not an accident, um, because this has been used to, uh, to, uh, sort of obliterate LGBT rights. Um, this is language that, uh, really casts aside the reality that abortions were performed throughout our nation's history. Um, it was really sort of later in the 19th century when we start to see abortion, uh, strict abortion bans um, that are adopted um, through 1973 um, in many states, um, in the majority of states. Um, but I don't, um, there, so so that was one issue. And Another, it, sounds like, it sounds like you are seeing that language as the next steps are gonna be other things like gay marriage, et cetera. Yes, absolutely. So you're, this is setting uh, a precedent. Yeah, I would I would say so. Um, the Supreme Court, so Alito's opinion specifically says that they are not looking at any issue but abortion. But I think that the language really lays the groundwork for yeah, for right. further attacks. Um, then there, you know, there was a lot of discussion about how we don't need to adhere to stare decisis, uh, which is the idea of. Um, letting precedents, you know, respecting precedent uh, or past decisions. Um, and part of it was he was saying he, he made this comparison to Plessy versus Ferguson, which upheld the separate but equal doctrine. And he says, um, essentially, well, there have been times when we, it's been good that we have overturned precedent. Uh, because Brown versus Board of Education overturned Plessy versus Ferguson, so it's not a problem that we would up, that we would overturn Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey, uh, which was, you know, obviously a, a really abhorrent comparison and really, uh, you know, emphasizes the um, the ire with which they were viewing, um, which which they were viewing the abortion precedents. 
And then, you know, really, really, you know, pushing back against the idea that that the precedents of Roe and Casey were workable and really dismissing the extent to which people have relied on these precedents. They've essentially said, you know, just because uh, the Supreme Court in Planned Parenthood v. Casey said that women are, are you know, uh, going about their, their lives assuming that if their contraception were to fail, they'd be able to terminate a pregnancy. Uh, it, our job isn't to get inside the nation's psyche. And so we're not really going to engage with this extent of reliance on the Roe and Casey precedents. And therefore we're not gonna be bound by that as we go about overturning uh, these landmark um, holdings. You know, one thing that I've, I've seen uh, conservatives make in terms of this argument is, and this is interesting because it's relatively a new argument I've seen, is that they're saying that it's it's a, a racist thing that abortions are racist because it's predominantly women of color who are getting them? Mm -hmm. um, is this a new argument from the right? I have, don't think I've heard this one before. I've been hearing that forever, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of that that whole look we like black people too thing. Um, look, I mean, and you know, they talk about, I mean, the, the whole deal about Margaret, Margaret Sanger, right? The founder of Planned Parenthood. And the, so there's always been this undercurrent of she was a eugenicist. She wanted to wipe out black babies. And, and that was the, basically the stated mission of, of Planned Parenthood from the get-go. And that, I know I've been hearing that for as long as I've actually been tuned in uh, to it, that it was all a racist ploy to uh, eliminate poor black and brown babies from America. Um, and that was the whole point of Planned Parenthood. I, I hate it so much when they try to co-opt these things so cynically, like progressive ideals, and they try to co-opt them for this. It's like the same people who are against mask mandates and vaccine mandates saying things like, oh, you're, this is racist because you're, you're going against the people who can't afford to take time to go get the vaccine or wear a mask in their work or something ridiculous like that. It's so cynical. They don't care. So let me just ask you a couple of basic questions about this whole thing. One, people are making a really big deal about the fact that this was leaked. Is mm -hmm. that, is that actually something that's never happened before? Is this, is this is, is that why it's so surprising that no one's ever leaked information from the Supreme Court? Is that what it is? Yeah, I mean, this is this is unprecedented. Um, it, this is an unprecedented leak. Um, you know, I I have I certainly haven't been focusing as much uh, on the nature of the leak as I have been on the content of the opinion, um, right. because uh, you know when I when I see people you know talking about the Supreme Court's uh, privacy in their in their judicial decision making, I'm thinking, well, what about the privacy of the people who are being affected by by the ruling itself? Um, but it, it is something that. Uh, where the Supreme Court has been successful over over the many years in keeping their decisions under wraps, and and so this is a this is a striking deviation, and it's unclear from whom from whom the leak came. What what's the big deal? Like, is it are people afraid that it's going to change the minds of these judges? Because I mean, I can't imagine public opinion coming out and changing their mind. Like, what, right. what, what's the big deal about this being leaked? I mean, obviously, I, I'm, I'm picking up from what you're saying is, do you think this is probably some diversionary tactic by Republicans who have finally gotten what they've campaigned on for so long and never really wanted or expected to have happened, and now that's happened? Instead of talking about it actually happening, they're just talking about this other random right. part of it, like it's a process story. <laughs> yeah. 
but I, I mean, like, what, what's the big deal? Like, what, who, what's gonna, what difference does it make if we found out now versus when they, they vote on it actually, and, and it happens? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I don't think it would be the end of the world for the Supreme Court if there were more leaks. Um, you know, one of the things that we know, what well, one of the things that that this uh, exposes is that. Um, is the extremism with uh, the, the extremism of the language of the um, of the initial draft? It may very well change its character over the course of um, over the course of of the time since since the draft was written. It was dated in February. Um, they tend to um, undergo revisions, um, so we can we can certainly um, get in more of a glimpse into the stridency and the hyper partisanship with which the opinion was originally crafted. Talking about the egregiousness with which um, with which Roe v. Wade was initially crafted, and um, and, and so you know there was there was very little humility uh, in the, in the court's uh, effort to to overturn Roe and Casey, um, and so so one concern might be. Um, that if we get too much of a glimpse into the inner workings of the Supreme Court, we're going to see just how partisan and political they mm. really are. But you know, that's also reflected in their ultimate votes. And yeah. so I'm not, I'm not someone who is uh, personally all that wrapped up in in you know whether we are. Uh, you know whether we're seeing the the early draft versus just yeah. the final one. I think it's I think the concern for other people is more you know how much faith, how much trust can the justices have in their clerks not to to go off and and leak something to yeah. to a major newspaper. And and you're implying that people might not want the sausage once they see how the sausage is made, but. I'll tell you, I I seen sausage being made. It's delicious. I still eat it, <laughs> so it doesn't affect me. So, Miranda, you're you're pretty new to the Midwest because you came. You were in L.A. and then you're in the yeah. Bay Area. Stephen, you've been in Indiana for a long time. You have a better sense of this than I do. Tell me a little bit if you agree with me. I feel like the last I don't know ten years or so the pro-life movement has really been pushing harder than I remember ever before. Is that, is that just my impression? Cause I feel like I saw them once they started having a chance with, with Trump and they really supported him. And then he gave them these three, uh, you know, very conservative judges that, that he promised that was, that's the first time I remember really in my adult life, seeing it being pushed this hard. What's your sense? You know, it's always been a thing here. Uh, like it, it has been pervasive in our, in my, the way I was raised and what I was taught and what we talk about since I was, since I was very young. Um, I mean, I went to medical school in downtown Louisville in um, two from 2000 and no. Yeah. 2001 to 2005. And um, on the way to work every day, I went by one of, I think two Planned Parenthoods in the state and every time I drove by, there were there were pro, there were there's always like three or four yeah. crazy people yelling at people outside um, every day as they came in. Um, but it was a topic of discussion even when I was a kid. It, it's funny because uh, one of my always progressive friends sent me was our yearbook editor and our newspaper editor, Big Dork, um, uh, and she's a writer now. And she was digging through some old stuff not too long ago and found one of our newspaper articles where they did like the interview with the man on the street. And 
And I, oh, no, dude, <laughs> I was the man on the street. You are the man. Like, on the street. I was the man on the street. I was yeah. probably 16 years old. Um, and I was openly speaking against abortion um on uh in my high school newspaper why the hell was abortion on my mind i don't know why did they ask me about it i don't know because it was in our public consciousness even then in the midwest Mm -hmm. and then when i was in college i'm just remembering as i'm talking out loud when i was in college we had to do i was in a speech class and i had to give a you know if you've ever went through a speech communications class you have to give a uh, an explainer speech in a a persuasive speech and my persuasive speech was on the horrors of partial birth abortion wow yeah i'm just remembering that and i'm kind of fucked up about it actually if i want to think about <laughs> hey, man, it man because hey, i got kids, up, we all do dumb things i think well, like, no, but it, you know but, i listened to weird al yankovic you did problem, this. <laughs> well, the problem was the the problem was is that what I put on the slides and what I thought that I knew about it and where I got my information about it was not from medical journals, man. Like I gave this very probably pretty damn good persuasive <laughs> speech about how they're literally ripping babies apart at nine months and this and that. And now that I'm a physician um, and I have half a lick of sense, not a full part, it's like, I don't know an OBGYN who's ever done a partial birth abortion the way they describe it because yeah. the, the, it, it is all smoke and mirrors. It is all fear tactics. It is all, Oh, this lady decides when she's, you know, 38 weeks pregnant that, you know what, I don't want to be a mom anymore. So I bebop down to Planned Parenthood. They stick scissors in the back of the baby's head and they pull it into pieces. And, 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 and dude, when I tell you people believe that, and I know they believe it because I believed it. Yeah. Like I believed it passionately. And if that was really happening, that's fucked up. Right. But it's not. It's not find an OBGYN who has ever taken a normal pregnancy out of a lady at 38 weeks. And I will show you the, like a, a, an anachronism, an aberration, something that does not happen. Um, and, but man, it's a powerful image, right? Yeah. And, and they blow up the pictures of the fetuses and this and that. And they're like, oh my God, this baby. And, and so, no, I, I don't think this is new at all. Um, I think that this has been in the work since Reagan. Um, I think that as the religious right has been trickle, well, they've been trying to carpet bomb us with theocracy, but luckily there's been enough pushback, but they're winning uh, because they, they're smarter. They play dirty. Um, and Democrats continually, they continually adhere to norms and courtesies when the other side is, we're not playing the same game. Um, and we're not playing for keeps and I don't want to play dirty, but Jesus Christ. I mean, I've got little girls. I make a lot of money, man. I, if my daughter needed something, I'll fly her ass to Europe and I can get her there tomorrow if I have to, but, but these people down the street from me can't. Yeah, you know? rich people and the wives and girlfriends sure. and mistresses of politicians are going to be fine. Absolutely. Well, what just real quick before we leave that point, the, what we talked about your sort of story in, in prior episodes, but tell me what was it in this particular instance that made you change your perspective on it? Was it just medical training? I think it's just meeting other human beings in different circumstances in their life. And realizing because, you know, we all start out the world as very me centric and I am an egotistical son of a bitch right now, but I have been alive on the planet long enough and I've seen enough good people in hard spots to where you just, 
you just have to do it. And and I'll be honest with you as well. And um, it is not super happy with my family and stuff. But when I slowly left and gave up my the evangelical raising that I had, like yeah. I'm an ex evangelical. Um, and as you step back from that, and everybody in your circle is not telling you the same thing. Yeah. Um, you just start to see the world from different perspectives, yeah. you know, and, and we were lucky enough to live different places. I spent time in the military, which was heavily conservative yeah. and heavily anti-abortion, but I got to live in England while I was with them. So we just, I think it was just experience and point of view and getting the hell out of that toxic yeah. male dominated religiosity that I was raised in. Yeah. I, you know, I mentioned that at the top of the show, I mentioned that I had a medical perspective of this, but the truth of it is it's, it's such a personal thing. It's even beyond that, even beyond our training in medicine, this is a really tough issue to discuss. I've, the issue, the topic has caused me to lose a very close friend um, in the not too far off past. And it's someone that most people would not expect would be troubled by abortion. Uh, you would expect it to be someone else, not some somebody who considers themselves in the most senses to be pretty left-leaning. So it is incredibly difficult and challenging I, I acknowledge that i mean i appreciate that you had an arc here um to your story i mean i, I get why it's you a long would arc. be passionate i guess what, I, you know i get it like you're especially when you're young if you hear that that's happening you're gonna be troubled so you want to speak out to it yeah i used to get taken to um tent revivals and I got taken to stadiums where, where clearly lying preachers said that they were former satanic preachers that used to participate or participate in sacrifice. And, you know, so, I mean, when you're raised in that, wow, I mean, cool. I, I raised my hand and got like laid my hands on when I was like five, six years old in the yeah. tent revival. So it is, it is a process. Yeah. It yeah. is a process. It's a it whole is process. You're exercising and you're having to give up, you know, it's like when you tell a little kid, there's no Santa Claus, right? I mean, tell them, and it's like, what? You're just yeah. like changing their their paradigm. Um, but uh, but this is it's such a sloppy topic. It's so messy because it is so intensely personal. Yeah. Um, it is so profoundly sad. There has never on the planet been a happy abortion. Nobody exactly. ever drops yeah, no down one, and goes, right. Woo! You know, there's always pain. There's a there's story always, behind it. There's a story, there is pain, there is struggle, there is heartache. Um, and it is so intensely personal. I think that I've just come back to the point of like, who the hell am I to step into this lady's shoes and tell her, no, nope, yeah. suck it up. Oh, and by the way, we're also not going to like help you raise the baby. We're not going to pay for right. anything. And, you know, and this so this whole pro-life I bullshit is, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's a talking point. It's got to end this whole pro-life, you know, it's, it's, it's almost trope that we say, well, they're not pro-life, they're pro-birth, but it's facts. It's like, it's so obvious. Yeah. Because they won't support any of my patients when they're babies. My patients bitch about the other patients who are on Medicaid. My fellow, my fellow healthcare colleagues bitch about the patients who are on Medicaid. Well, God damn it. They don't have a copay. Of course they come in here with their snotty nose kit, you know, just all that bullshit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just clearly it makes me angry. I'll let uh, the professor <laughs> talk. Randomly. This is not about me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a girl. Professor. Dad. No, I'm a girl. But, dad. It, but, it's, but it's absolutely true that, you know, the, the people who, who are anti-abortion are not the ones who a 
are investing in contraceptive coverage and access to contraception, which would dramatically reduce the need for abortion. So they're not interested in that. And they're not interested in expanding access to coverage for prenatal care and you know pediatric care and all of the kinds of investments. Um, and then not to mention you know early childhood education and you know sort of all of the other resources and then um, on which people might uh, become reliant if brought into the world. Um, and you know we also need to think about the reality that you know, unplanned pregnancies are less healthy um, for both the woman and for the baby. Um, you know, they may, um, and so, and in a country where the United States has the highest maternal mortality in the developed world. And so when we talk about um, this sort of forced birth movement, we need to think about not just the implications of being forced to carry uh, to term a pregnancy um, that one might not want, um, but also in a setting that is dangerous to give birth yeah. um, where and where there is going to be very little in the way of government support for you uh, once you have done so. So Miranda, I have a question for you, if you don't mind, Kaveh. Sure. Sorry. Uh, Please. Yeah. So, uh, so here's, here's a good question, like going back to the constitutionality, because I was raised um, to believe that Roe was bad law, right? <laughs> I mean, it's bad law. And, and I can acknowledge that there is potentially bad law that is just, you know, so from a from a constitutional professor standpoint, is the argument that the conservatives have made, because I don't know, I can't interpret law like that. I haven't been trained to do it. Um, was was Roe a bad law? Like, was it bad? I mean, I know it was right, but was it was it was it anti anti constitutional? And do they really have? I mean, they, they you know half the country or they seem to think that it was bad. Um, according to our founding fathers and the and the and the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, was it bad law? You know, like, should it be overturned and should we do it better and codify it through Congress? I, I don't know. I'm asking you. So, so there are definitely ways that Congress could codify, um, could codify the right to abortion. Uh, the Women's Health Protection Act um, is legislation that, that attempts to do so. And uh, there's some reliance on the Interstate Commerce Clause, which is the significant vehicle through which um, Congress has achieved most um, a, a significant amount of uh, both uh, social and economic regulation. In terms of thinking about whether Roe is good law or bad law, it really depends on what your view of privacy is. So the word privacy does not appear in the Constitution, but in Griswold versus Connecticut, the 1965 case in which the court um, affirmed the constitutionality of married couples to use contraception, uh, the Supreme Court found that a right to privacy existed through what they refer to as these penumbras, these zones of privacy inherent in the first, third, fourth, fifth, and ninth amendments, uh, where it's sort of this associational privacy, uh, privacy from having uh, soldiers supported in the home, pri privacy from unreasonable searches and seizures, privacy from self incrimination, and then the Ninth Amendment's unenumerated rights. And so if you buy that there are these zones of privacy, then it's a logical extension to say that, and, and um, in Eisenstadt v. Baird in 1972, the Supreme Court extends the logic of Griswold to apply uh, the contraceptive uh, right to unmarried couples and says that there is, uh, that it essentially, there uh, this privacy uh, is so clearly applicable to the decision whether to bear or beget a child. That's the language that they use. And so if we take that language that is built upon this privacy foundation, 
in, um, in the first, third, fourth, fifth, and ninth amendments, then it's a very logical leap to say that, um, that once we say that, um, that privacy applies to the decision whether or not to have a child with respect to contraception, then it would also apply to the right to terminate a pregnancy. So if we buy that logic, then I think it's a good law. Um, the one of the challenges is that the more controlling precedent is Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Uh, the 1992 Supreme Court decision that upheld the central premise of Roe versus Wade, but then said states may enact certain abortion restrictions as long as they don't pose an undue burden in the path of the woman, an undue burden or a substantial obstacle in the path of the woman seeking the abortion. But then there's this question about what exactly is an undue burden. It's sort of this vague, um, nebulous um, concept. And there, um, that that's something into which um, the Alito opinion and Dobbs, um, you know, uh, uh, leans into. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's definitely questions, there are definitely legitimate questions as to the legitimacy of, of the undue burden standard um, in the case that, uh, that upheld the central premise of Roe, while also upholding certain uh, abortion restrictions. So, Professor, let me ask you this. One of the ways I read in my very untrained uh, I read Alito's argument was that he was saying this wasn't in the Constitution. There is no constitutional yeah. protection. But I mean, that seems like one that's pretty easy to poke a hole in, right? Because yeah. I mean, the Constitution didn't give us the right to Viagra or the internet or airplanes or and public all education the, or public or anything that we now hold dear and important to us. How yeah. is that not the easiest thing to poke a hole in? Um, I. And sympathetic to the argument, um, the Constitution is very sparing in terms of the the subs the actual rights that it lays out. Um, it doesn't get into the content of substantive policy, um, and so you know if and this and this is something that came up in in the Supreme Court confirmation hearings. Um, uh, uh, and you know there was this question about well, um, does it does abortion appear in the constitution? Does marriage appear in the constitution? Well, no, but you know neither do other issues on which we rely very heavily, like public education. Um, now, obviously, we don't want to invite Republicans to to say, well, now we can't have public education because there are some people who would say we should abolish the Department of Public Education. That's <laughs> a lot of those. There, yeah, there yeah. are complaints. That's a complaint for another day. Um, and so. Um, so, you know, it, it is, a, it is a fairly illogical argument because we know, um, the sparing nature of, of the language of our constitution, and it doesn't enumerate the policy domains to which it applies. But damn it, um, wasn't that intentional? They were smart. Yeah. People. I mean, it was intentional, yeah. right? They knew it was intended to promote flexibility and, right. and for the for this constitution to be enduring, which is why we've only had to amend it 27 times. since. Right. Then. <laughs> That's why these originalists make me crazy, because yeah. it was always intended to be a living, breathing document to yeah. reflect what we are going through now. And to think that the people who wrote this in the freaking 1700s, you know, <laughs> that they're still speaking to me today because uh, they could have never predicted our society. They could have never predicted this. And the fact that Alito is saying that, well, abortion is not well-founded in, in, in history. Bullshit. Yeah. Every, every 
Since the beginning since of the, man. Since the dawn of man, man, people have been coming up with poultices and concoctions to Absolutely. drink and, and yeah. this and that. Every tribe you go to, you find one of the unfound tribes in the, you know, some of the equatorial islands, and they have a way that can terminate pregnancy. Now, the problem is, is it might kill the mom doing it. Yeah, right. And right. and that's when and when pregnancy became the domain of healthcare, uh, and 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 abortion, frankly, became the domain of healthcare and not the witch doctor or the or the I don't know what the, the neighborhood equivalent person, the, right. You know, the lay person, uh the lay person who was doing it, that's when women stopped dying during them. Right. You know, um yeah, and we, we- because people will not stop, you know, yeah. because there's a good chance, Miranda, you and I live in the Midwest. You, you're not more than a couple hundred miles from me, probably. And you can reasonably expect that a large block in our vicinity will go illegal within weeks to months. I mean, I'm sure yeah. that they have legislation drafted. The, tell us and, about and the so, trigger yeah. laws, actually. Tell us about this, these what trigger laws mean and, I, and how they'll be enacted. Right. So so there are um, a handful of states that have what are referred to as trigger laws, which means that as soon as Roe versus Wade um, is overruled, abortion will become illegal in their state. Um, and this. Um, how Republican, how conservative. <laughs> they had to name it after a gun. <laughs> trigger law. Yeah, big, yeah. big law. It's, it's not great. And then um, Ohio is a state and there are a few states. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. that have six-week bans that are not currently in effect because they they had been blocked by courts, but then would no longer be blocked by courts once Roe is overturned. So Ohio is one such state that has a six-week ban that's been drafted and and but um, not in effect. Um, there's another state that has an eight-week ban, um, and there are a few states that have um, state constitutional language that prohibits abortion that was never updated um, in light of Roe versus Wade. And so all, so all in all, the Guttmacher Institute has identified 26 states where abortion is likely to be um, illegal in the immediate aftermath of Roe versus Wade being overturned. So my question, so the, the law that is being challenged, refresh me and educate me, because is this decision, I mean, I know that the language of the decision, but there's nothing that actually just says, yeah, the row is bad and it's over, right? So it just sort of morphs things, yes? 
It, it is as the over, Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey are overruled. So it will just flat out overrule them. Is Absolutely. Done. Yep. Okay. Uh, it, as, if, if the language of, of the current opinion um, carries over until um, what we are going to see um, revealed in, in the opinion announcement, um, the language is, is that it was um, basically egregiously wrong the day it was decided and that they are overruled. Um, so it was it was overruled. They were overruled in in no uncertain terms, according to the draft language. The profoundly um, sad part about all this is, is that the states that are likely to turn it over also already have the highest maternal mortality rates, yeah. Yeah. already have the highest childhood poverty rates. Um, and I hope these motherfuckers are lining up to raise babies. You actually know, i'm um, trying to trying to think positively actually, about this the only thing i can think of and tell me what you guys think is that don't you think this is going to make the republicans lose some votes in the upcoming elections because this is not popular this is not what the this is not what the majority of the country would right. want 70 like, percent of americans want to keep roe versus wade that's what i hear is that true i i don't know it's so hard to know like this sir i saw the survey that you're referring to yeah and, and it seems and that's that been pretty way. consistent so, over time has, yeah don't, don't I, get me wrong if anyone could screw it up a layup like this it would be the democrats but yes. like they <laughs> for should sure be, for they sure should be able to use this to be like hey beto could be like hey i know you guys love your guns in texas but do you guys really want this like maybe galvanizing some votes, mobilizing some people in places like Ohio. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to be uh, put a positive spin on this. I know. Well, oh, JD Vance what, just got the got the Republican nomination. Did he win? Today, I saw so. he was ahead by so, 10 points. So Ohio's, Ohio's going to be a, a dicey place, but, um, but uh, yeah, no, I. I, I'm sympathetic to the argument that this is going to mobilize people. The challenge is that, you know, a lot of the damage has already been done. And so, you know, the, the best strategy that I, you know, could offer Dems is try to find a time machine and go back to 2016. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's over, man. I mean, that, that, that was, that said it, right. I mean, that was it. Yeah. yeah. That, that, I mean, that's in, in our history, you know, we've been talking about COVID we talk about inflection points, but that, like she won by 3 million votes and everything changed. Um, you know, you know, you, you were touching on something before Steve, you were talking about, you know, banning abortions does not make them happen any less. It just makes them more dangerous. There may be fewer, but yeah, marginally, but marginally. Yeah. And, and the, 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 they'll happen in different States. There'll be people crossing different state lines to get there, going to different places. And they'll Mentally be far, farther advanced in the pregnancy exactly. because, it take, because it takes them longer yeah. to get over to New Mexico from Texas. Or and wherever. they've looked at other right. countries where they've done this and they, they see that this doesn't make them happen in any, any significantly uh, less of a fashion. You and I are both old, but we're not so old that we had to see the continual like ongoing problems from this. I mean, uh, no, Roe was codified right. Badly. I mean, Roe was seventy three, right? I, yeah. I was born late seventy four, so I've never known a world without it. Without yeah. without Roe, I was yeah. born like mid nineties. So <laughs> you look, like, you look, you look I, terrible. I got city years, bro. <laughs> city years on me. No, I. So, uh, but but are you a little worried as an ER doctor that you're going to start to see sure. some bad shit coming away because of people doing abortions on their own, trying weird shit on their I, own? I don't have any. I don't have any framework for this. You know, you have to go to the docs who who are really the very elderly docs that are probably already out to talk to them about what they saw. I don't have any framework for it. But I know as an ER doctor and as a human that desperate people will do desperate things. Yep. 
and and to pretend that they won't and to float that whole oh just put the baby up for adoption like oh, that Jesus is Christ. any easier and yeah. let in that most children in the foster system don't age out and that there aren't so many profound problems with our foster system already because i promise you i live in a state whose foster system is fucked like i'm watching i'm watching a good friend go through the horrors of trying to adopt a baby who desperately needs to be saved from a situation and it is tragic and it is it, it is profoundly sad yeah. and to think that it's not going to get worse um, I, 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, like you just heard me not be able to say words for the first time. Like <laughs> desperate people do desperate things, and, yeah. and and I take care of those people. Right. Um, and so, will I see something? Sure, Absolutely. I've got. There's there's no way I won't. Right. Yeah, yeah. Hey, there's no way I won't. Can I, uh, Professor? Again, I'm gonna call you Professor from now on. I think. <laughs> Go um, for it. So a couple of questions here. Can you just briefly clarify a couple of terms for me? Uh, sure. Codify. Like when people say, uh, first of all, is it codify or codify? I say codify. <laughs> okay, codify. But... All right. Yeah. It sounds more like a fish that way and I'm cool with it. So <laughs> if you if you codify, if you turn a law into a fish, how does that work? How do you know? How, how is something codified? And, sh- and I hear complaints that the Democrats should have codified this law. What does that What does that mean? What could they have done? Right. So basically um, affirming at the national level that a right to terminate a pregnancy exists, uh, you know, with potentially within certain parameters. So um, you could say that uh, the co- if Congress wanted to codify Roe, they could pass legislation affirming um, that there is um, basically an unqualified right to terminate a pregnancy within the first trimester, then the second trimester, um, you know, is, um, you know, has to be health minded restrictions. And then there can be more restrictions in the third trimester, um, or they could, um, or, you know, something to that effect. But even um, that wouldn't settle it forever, though, right? Even that could right. still so be when, when the Republic when the Republicans take over next year, they could, could they could they could they um, can turn it back. They could turn it back. So it's either Supreme um, so what they really need is a amendment. constitutional amendment, exactly. Right. And of course, that requires a supermajority, so that which the Democrats don't have. Well, I will tell you what we were fighting. I had a conversation last night with a fellow physician um, who likes to push my buttons, um, who is. <laughs> Uh, extremely right wing and has made a fortune on Bitcoin, despite me being fucking super evil about that, uh, because he told me uh, he told me that Bitcoin was uh, should have been bought at six hundred dollars. And now it's like forty seven thousand dollars. And I watched it go. And now I'm super pissed because I'd be retired. Um, but uh, he tried to tell me last night and he said it with pure honesty that the Democrats in California had proposed a bill uh, to codify, you know, to, to propose this, but to allow abortion and listen to this, because this is a doctor who's relatively smart medically, right? He's not a dummy. Um, he said that they were trying to push for abortions greater than up to, and including 28 days post-birth. post-birth. Holy fucking shit. And I looked at him and I was like, you're a fucking moron. That's what I told him. I was like, you don't believe that shit, do you? And he was like, no, nah, it's true. I'm like, show it to me. Pull me up the bill right now. Like get I mean, online, 
Pull it up. Well, I got into a Twitter fight with someone who was who was um, complaining about Colorado's um, um, effort to to codify abortion rights, and they were talking about how there aren't any limits, and they were like, "There's going to be abortion up until the moment of birth," and I was like, "That's not a thing." It's just like, "Well, can you prove that it's called delivery?" Yeah, exactly. And and she said, you know, well, can you prove that this won't be a thing? And I said, and I, you know, looked at the data in 91% of abortions are first trimester, 1.2% of abortions happen after 21 weeks, 0.006% of abortions happen at or after 26 weeks. And those are probably just such heartbreaking personal circumstances that, you know, I, I just can't imagine government interference helping anyone. The way and, they, yeah, they sell it that it's just the irresponsible dipshit that strolls into Planned Parenthood at 32 weeks and gets an abortion. And that is so yeah, right. not true. My cousin, my cousin several years ago had a baby who was wanted desperately and was forced to terminate at 26 weeks because her baby had anencephaly. For those non medical people, that means the baby didn't have a brain. Right. Baby could not live. So her options were continue to carry this pregnancy to 40 weeks until she started a natural delivery or to induce delivery now and end that shit. And they, I mean, it's years later and they're still fucked up about it. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that under this, the, the way they want to go, that's an abortion. That's illegal. Um, that's illegal. And I, I don't know how to wrap my head around that. And, and the fact that even fellow physicians, and if they're, I, I assume that the physicians who think this way are probably not listening to this podcast right now, but if you are, well, some of them hate listen. So yes. Well, well, if you're hate listening, kiss my ass because you know that that doesn't happen. You know, it doesn't happen. You know, it comes with pain. Nobody has a third trimester abortion right. without pain. Nobody, yeah, right. nobody seeks it. Nobody wants it. Nobody's fucking around. Now that are there some irresponsible dipshits that have too many abortions in their in their teens because they won't use contraception yes that is a fact there there are abortions that could have been prevented by contraceptions but these third trimester abortions are not a thing and the fact that you are using this to scare the shit out of human beings in my family and my people in my state is so fucked up that i don't know how to get my head around it you know what And, and we take care of medical issues that are far more egregious in my mind Someone, even if someone just decides they don't want it, even if someone is in that place in their life and they say it's not something as significant as encephalop, and encephaly, 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 GI doctor. I'm, I'm cutting that part out. <laughs> it's the uh, lack of sigmoid colon. <laughs> Anyways, it, even if it's not something so egregious, you know, there. This is what we do as doctors. We provide healthcare. Abortion is healthcare. And it's something that we just do. Not everyone has to do it. I don't do Botox injections because I don't think that's necessary. And I don't want to learn how to do that. And I don't do this either. Yeah, you look great, by the way. I have deep, deep lines that desperately needs Botox. No, no. You know, you got that Lance Hendrickson thing going on for you. It's great. I love it. Um, He's the actor from Aliens, in case you guys are wondering. Uh, Bishop. (laughs) Anyways, so... uh, you know, I, I, it's, it, that's not our place to judge people for that. I don't judge people because they come in and they ha- may have fatty liver because their diet hasn't been great. That's not what we do, you know? And this is, this is the same example. So even it's, in my mind, it's even less so than well, the stuff I deal with on a continual basis. So I, I will disagree with you a little bit there. Um, and only in that, um, because I, I understand how people on the other side of the issue 
um, they see it. it because whether it's real or not, and, and I believe it's not, and clearly the three of us believe it's not, but they have been raised and taught to believe by their families, by their church, by their friends, that it is actual murder sure. of a human. Right. And so I understand even now that this fight will never stop. And if I still believed that to be true, I would be fighting you right now. I just have I have morphed and come to a different, a different point of view, but this is so sloppy, you know, it, it's such a messy it's place, worse right? Because of... they believe it. It's not, it's not, it's not, I mean, we, we like to, we like to talk about the, like the evil white fucking rich dude, who's going to fly his girl to Europe and, and get that. But in reality, these are, are real human beings who are, who are going to church every Sunday and who love their family and love their kids. And they, they really believe that terminating a six week fetus is murder and they believe yeah. it. It's not. And, 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 you know, and so aren't they obligated to fight that? I disagree with them profoundly, but aren't they obligated to fight it? I don't, I, 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 I don't know. I, I get it. I mean, I, I actually get it. You know, there was a guy in my medical school who got into a good deal of trouble for this, but one day, randomly, I always sort of knew he was a religious dude. One day, randomly, he kind of got up in front of the class, in front of like whatever hundred or so students were there, and he's proselytized. Like he, like he was like talking about Jesus, and and everyone was so mad, and everyone was so annoyed. And I and I get it. It was weird and annoying, and never should have happened. But then there was a part of me that was like, well, at least he believes it. Because <laughs> yeah, if, I mean, if you really believe that you would do. like. Yeah, if you really believe it, you really believe that people are going to go to hell because they don't believe in Jesus, then you're going to want to, if you're a good person, you're going to want to save those people. I, I get it. When you feel, you'd feel obligated, right? But, <laughs> but that's it. also why us on the other side of things have to say, no, you can't do that. We have to set boundaries. Like, I understand that my kid wants to watch Ice Age Continental Drift. For the 15th time this week, I understand that he believes it's the greatest movie of all time. I understand that he feels he needs to do this. But I, as the adult in the room, have to say, no, we're going to watch the Warriors game tonight and you're going to fucking love it. Okay. NBA sucks and it has since Bird versus Go Johnson. Go fuck yourself. I'll destroy you. <laughs> um, I mean, if, I mean the, the other you know thing is that not only, I mean, obviously, uh, the pro-life movement or the you know, pro-birth movement has, um, you know, it's, it's been prevalent for decades and it's not going anywhere, but I think it's also important to note that it's getting worse um, for women. So in terms of the degree of extremism with which we're seeing these abortion bans, um, because a lot of the abortion bans that are being passed right now have no exceptions for rape, incest, or even the life of yeah. the woman. And so, and so I live in Ohio. Uh, last week, there was a test, there was testimony from an Ohio state legislator who um, said that a 13, that rape is an opportunity um, and said that a 13 year old rape victim uh, should not have to, should not be allowed to terminate a pregnancy because it is an opportunity that has created a life and 13 year olds go to school pregnant from time to time. And, and, so you know, and it's, you know, it's, it's really scary. Um, it's terrifying. 
it's terrifying as a woman, as a constitutional law professor, um, as as um, as someone who's been deeply invested in these issues. Um, you know, at minimum, with previous abortion bans, we had seen at least some exceptions for these egregious conditions, um, these particularly yeah. egregious conditions, and now we're seeing that to accept to save the life of the woman language is being erased from. Um, right. Well, I mean, in the last four years, everybody's allowed to just go fucking buck wild and just put their wish list in the shit and it's getting passed. Um, well, it's because they know that, that you know, Trump was able to successfully pack the courts with a yeah. lot of, of staunch conservatives. And so, you know, they're feeling a lot of confidence in being able to test the boundaries. Are they of, even conservatives? I mean, I will be honest with you. It it pains me. Sometimes. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it, it. I mean, it pains me sometimes to describe myself even as a liberal because I really, I don't feel like super terribly liberal. I feel like a milk toast, middle of the road. I like to look at both sides and look at arguments and this and that and the other thing. But these people, oh, they're the, theocrats. The- we spent twenty years fighting religious extremists in the Middle East. And, and nobody has noticed that ours have been on the rise, but they just, they just, they, they speak the same language, you know, they go to your church and they go to your, they're in your neighborhood, but these people are looking for theocracy. I mean, there's no question. I mean, you know, they can, they can dress it up in terms of the constitution and this and that, but this has zero things to do except for with what their book says and how they can put it on you. Um, and I By see the that way, no from the Taliban. Well, I would say this, actually, we keep comparing them to the Middle East as a Middle Easterner. I will take offense and be like, shit, at least in Iran, this uh, this ridiculous government that's there that, you know, my family left because of at least they are like, all right, well, yeah, in certain cases, abortion, you know, if you need to save a woman's life or preserve physical mental health, you know, there are exceptions, you know, like there are we we, it's 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 funny, like how far things have shifted here in this concept of like this Elon Musk. Thing that he retweeted about like how people on the left are moving so far left that makes people in the middle seem like they're conservative that's horseshit you yeah. may have a little bit of movement on people on the left as if the right, right hasn't moved moved so right. far moved so far I th- i'm the same as you i don't consider myself to be like too progressive but i, I mean, seem it compared to these people you know I mean, what maybe I, mean? I am i don't know I, I don't know maybe i am now but i mean i'm not i'm not a fucking communist i'm not a socialist i believe in responsible capitalism <laughs> so yeah so uh, you know i believe that you can well consider- regulated markets <laughs> yeah i mean i i believe that you can crit I, I believe that you can both live within a system and criticize that system without being a traitor you know um and i think that you know we should always strive for betterment and finding where we were and i guess that makes me a fucking crazy person now i don't know uh i don't know but I know that this is a messy issue and it's hard. And even though we're, you know, they're, they're spelling it out, um, they're going to decide this with fancy legal language. And they're going to be talking about Plessy versus Ferguson's and your Planned Parenthood versus Casey and this and that. But this is getting hammered out in the churches and the homes and the dinner tables of America. Um, and this fight is, this is just another fight for our culture. Where are we going? Where are we going? Um for the, so, for the last 40 and, years, and, it seemed like we were moving forward. And now it seems like we're pulling back hard. And, and I would say that, you know, um, you know, one of the, one of the takeaways that I had from both this, the Supreme court confirmation hearings, as well as 
reading Alito's opinion is just the reality that LGBT rights are very much next on the next. chopping block and not, not, you know, we're not even talking about the, the trans, the anti-trans legislation that's coming out of certain states. We're talking about um, the sodomy laws and Obergefell v. Hodges, which affirm the constitutionality of same-sex marriage. Because all, because what this opinion by, by Alito does is it really attacks the very foundation of the Supreme Court. It's, um, you know, assertion of sexual and reproductive privacy. And that extends, that... that extends to contraception, that extends to same-sex relations, it ex- extends to marital privacy. Um, and, and so I think that there, you know, we have gotten very comfortable with a number of, of protections, for whether, you know, in terms of the realms of sexual and reproductive privacy. And I think that we're in for a very rude awakening, um, not just with this opinion, but with one, the, with the opinions to come. So which opinion, which opinion puts people in the streets and uh, causes a revolution, you know, because it, it, it all comes back to at some point, they're going to step back far enough in time where they're going to piss off their own people. I mean, yeah. statistically, statistically, this does it, but the question, you know, there's so many people, there's so many hypocrites. I mean, I, I think I yeah. saw the statistics that w- what is it? One in four humans have had a uh, one in four women have had an abortion of childbearing yeah. age. I, I don't know how I'm assuming there's some degree of truth in that, but I don't know the exact numbers, but, but there's a lot of hypocrites in this country. We've already proven that. So to think that, women who have had an abortion are necessarily not going to vote in favor of these people, I think is foolish and naive because, uh, you know, I I know a lot of Democrats right now are getting fired up and I saw something earlier saying, well, they just lost an entire generation. And I'm like, have they like, they haven't decreased the amount of abortions that are going to happen or the people who are going to seek them. But I don't know that these, no, I agree. Angelica white women. You see where the Republicans have had, you would think, policies that cater more and more to a very small group of people yet their tent still remains fairly large and they have lots of people there Uh, but if you really look at their like what they're promoting what their policies would support you would if you're really following it to the letter it's it's you know very few people so you're right people are are not voting the way that it would best serve them even they even yeah i mean i spent years just voting republican because I knew I was going to be a doctor and it was my understanding that I would make more money if I voted for Republicans. And that was really the, that was the depth of my thinking when I was 26, you know? Um, But now I'm 47 and I've lived a life and um, it's just, it's It's funny how we're getting more. I thought the whole thing was you're supposed to get like more conservative. Supposed to be, be, I know they say that you start your, you start your youth liberal and you, and you get more conservative, the more money you make. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I pay too much fucking taxes and they waste my money. I'm going to tell you that right now. I would, I'd be happy to pay more. I I, I would, I would uh, be happy to pay more taxes if they would not spend it on fucking bombs and war, but they would actually clothe these children that they're forcing to be born. Um, Because I would, I mean, I would pay way more. Uh, But in the scheme of things, when they lump me in with Bill Gates and Elon Musk, that pisses me off too. Uh, yeah. Because if I stop working tomorrow, my wife and kids sell the house and they go live with her family. You know, uh, we make we make very nice money, but we ain't rich because uh, uh, I've I've only made good money for like five years. So <laughs> I was in the military for Christ's sake. Uh, but uh, um, you're you're an onion. You're an onion with many layers. You contain so many, my friend. I got so many layers. Professor, let's close out with this. Can you tell me is this 
happening for sure? What's the next step? Is there a vote? Is there any chance that it's not going to happen? So Politico reported that um, at the time of the conference uh, for the Supreme Court, um, the vote was five to four. And they said that as of this time or you know, this week, um, the vote still stands. So, so one thing that we know is that well, even if there have been some changes to the content of Alito's opinion, um, the the five four vote in in support of Malito, of of Alito's opinion um, still stands. And one thing that you know is worth noting is that Alito has a very strong history on uh, reproductive health issues. He wrote the majority opinion in Hobby Lobby, uh, which held that corporations could have religious beliefs um, that were burdened by uh, providing contraceptive coverage. He also was the uh, the judge. And the Third Circuit Court of Appeals, who said in the case leading to Planned Parenthood case in the Supreme Court, um, held that there should be a husband notification requirement for abortions, uh, so uh, which was struck down by the Supreme Court in Casey, but but Samuel Alito voted to uphold it. Uh, so so the fact that the mere fact that Alito is writing the majority opinion um, was never going to be good news for for those who care about abortion rights. Um, so now we we essentially just have to wait and see. Um, to sort of when um, when the Supreme Court is going to release its its final opinion, um, pres- you know, presumably there's going to be at least one fiery dissenting opinion, and uh, we don't know how long that's going to take to write. Um, my assumption has always been that the case mm-hmm. is going to be held off until the end of term, so you know, a late June um, opinion announcement. But technically, it, it could happen anytime. Awesome news. It's awesome news. Super, super fun. All right, Should well, RBG have retired? <laughs> fuck yeah. Oh, that, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's hard. Right? It's hard to it's hard to forgive that one, but it's but it's also equally things. hard to to forgive people who, um, you know, who didn't turn out in 2016, who voted third party in 2016, saying that the parties were the same. Um, yeah. You know, this this election, um, you know, shaped. Um, and uh, shaped uh, the court in in a tremendous way that is going to be damaging for for I women for people of color. I can't believe we let the guy from Apprentice shape yeah. our Supreme Court. So, yeah, and, but you know, even I mean, so maybe even more than the Supreme Court. I mean, he put in a the judiciary time. Yeah. Oh, the judiciary yeah. has, and and that's a it's a generation, right? I mean, yeah. like I mean, more than a generation. This probably. doesn't this doesn't get fixed until after you and I are either too old to matter or dead. Uh, oh, political scientists. So, so some political scientists at Princeton um, uh, estimated that um, at this point um, that based on sort of. Um, where things are heading, um, the court is going to have a conservative median justice and into like 2060. It's so fucking crazy. I mean, right. even as the demographic the demographics change, the the country gets younger and more progressive as a whole. Um, we are going to be increasingly ruled by these by 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 history, yeah. by 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 the past, and it's crazy and it's hard to think about. Um, 
All right, all right, we're gonna this end is the most, it. Before yeah, this I is get... by far and away, dude. This is the most this serious. Is the most. We, like you, oh. you met serious Steve tonight. For yeah. <laughs> no, I mean we've covered a lot. I'm of usually really... half drunk and bullshitting, but oh, we, yeah. we've covered a lot of bummer topics. But this one's really getting me. Um, I'm sorry. Right. No, thank You're you awesome. for being wonderful and for coming on the show, both of you guys. Let's get our plugs in. Miranda, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Miranda Yaber. Reach out. I'd love to hear from you. She's amazing. Must follow. Lots Thank of smart, you. political, sciencey, constitutionally things. Steven, tell us. Yeah, I'm nowhere now, you. man. I'm really just hanging out with you on this podcast occasionally. Yeah, I've still good. got a Twitter account, but the numbers are dwindling. Uh, my, oh, yeah. my boy, my best friend Brian retired. I'm not on TV anymore. COVID's in the back burner. Uh, but uh, I'm at Superman Sings. If you want to see me occasionally rage occasionally ambient tweet and then uh sometimes <laughs> you know i'll sometimes if you ever see a, a a ramble and you're like what the fuck is he talking about i've already taken my ambient and i haven't gone to sleep yet i apologize in advance but uh <laughs> i'm a shift worker uh but i'm at superman sings if you want to see what's what but uh but Absolutely yeah my days of fame are over this is the only thing keeping me connected right now Kave. so i'm glad you had me on but yeah, buddy. Uh, thank you for coming i love having yeah. you on both you guys uh it thank was really so great much. to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you to Nadim for uh, help with production. If you don't already, follow us at Twitter, at the House of Pod. Download, listen, subscribe, and Ooh. rate and review us at iTunes. Okay, thank you guys. Mwah, 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 mwah. Thank okay. you so much. This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult a physician or other qualified healthcare provider for your specific healthcare needs or concerns. The opinions expressed on this podcast do not represent the opinions of our employees. Details in the podcast have been changed so that patient identification is not possible. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.